footsteps behind you as you enter the woods. Night draws back its cape. Light illumines your path. Open your eyes. Listen. Welcome to Dark Softly Tales. Dark stories for dark hearts. I'm Mav Sky. Good evening and welcome to your nightmares. Where we like to keep it dark and dreamy here at Dark Softly Tales. This is your host, Mav. And tonight we bring you part two of Ray Bradbury's Asleep in Armageddon. Narrating this story has been such a joy to me. It reminds me of when I first discovered Bradbury. I believe it was in my early teens, actually late teens. <laughs> A uh, boyfriend had in me the illustrated man, and I was hooked. I remember reading the book on a rainy Saturday morning, and I didn't stop reading it except to occasionally shift on the couch and look out the window and think about what I had read. And then I kept going. I own almost all of his books, and one of my favorite books of his of all time is called Dandelion Wine. If you read a book of his, I suggest going and picking that one up. Uh, it's filled with such heart and darkness and what it means to be human. On the top of my bookshelf, um, in my room, I have a giant hardback of 100 stories of his. And I keep it there so I can pull it down and read it whenever I want without trying to search my bookshelves for it. Because I have a lot of books. Anyway, I highly suggest um, reading one of his books if you never have. I quickly wanted to give a shout out to Romania out there. There was a few days last week we had more downloads there than in the U.S. So a hello to you all over there. And I would love to hear from you as well. Email me at darksoftytales at gmail.com. And just a reminder to everybody that I would love to have feedback on the podcast. What you like, what you dislike, um, sound quality the intro times, what kind of stories you would like to hear, anything. I would really like to have some feedback. That being said, let's settle our minds and sink into a lovely planet that's ravaged by warring gods who've been waiting centuries for a live body to come to their planet. Again, if you're hearing a lot of voices, it's not you. It's the story. (sighs) So don't worry. I've got your hand. Battling gods or not, there's nothing to be afraid of. Is there? Take my hand and hang on tight as we journey into the dark softly. Asleep in Armageddon by Ray Bradbury, Part 2 It was four o'clock in the afternoon. The rocks were baked by the sun. He managed, after a time, to cook himself a few hot biscuits, which he ate with strawberry jam. He wiped his stained fingers on his shirt, blindly, trying not to think. At least I know what I'm up against, he thought. Oh, Lord, what a world. What an innocent-looking world. And what a monster it really is. It's good no one ever explored it before. 
Or did they? He shook his aching head. Pity them. Whoever had crashed here before, if any ever did. Warm sun, hard rocks, not a sign of hostility. A lovely world. Until you shut your eyes and relaxed your mind, and the night and the voices and the insanity and the death padded in on soft feet. I'm all right now, though, he said proudly. Look at that. He displayed his hand by a supreme effort of will. It was no longer shaking. I'll show you who in hell's ruler here, he announced to the innocent sky. I am. He tapped his chest. To think that thought could live that long, a million years perhaps, all these thoughts of death and disorder and conquest lingering in the innocent but poisonous air of the planet, waiting for a real man to give them a channel through which they might issue again in all their senseless virulence. Now that he was feeling better, it was all silly. All I have to do, he thought, is stay awake six nights. They won't bother me that way. When I'm awake, I'm dominant. I'm stronger than those crazy monarchs and their silly tribes of sword flingers and shield bearers and horn blowers. I'll stay awake. But can you? He wondered. Six whole nights awake? There's coffee and medicine and books and cards. But I'm so tired now, so tired, he thought. Can I hold out? Well, if not, there's always the gun. Where will these silly monarchs be if you put a bullet through their stage? All the world stage. No. You, Leonard Sale, are the small stage and they are the players. And what if you put a bullet through the wings, tearing down scenes, destroying curtains, ruining lines? Destroy the stage, the players, all, if they aren't careful. First of all, he must radio through to Marsport again. If there was any way they could rush the rescue ship sooner, then maybe he could hang on. Anyway, he must warn them what sort of planet this was. This so innocent seeming spot of nightmare and fever vision. He tapped on the radio key for a moment. His mouth tightened. The radio was dead. It had sent through the proper rescue message received a reply, and then extinguished itself. The proper touch of irony, he thought. There was only one thing to do. Draw a plan. And this he did. He got a yellow pencil and delineated his six-day plan of escape. Tonight, he wrote, read six more chapters of War and Peace. At four in the morning, have hot black coffee. At 4.15, take cards from pack and play 10 games of solitaire. This should take until 6.30 when more coffee. At 7 o'clock, listen to early morning programs from Earth. If the receiving equipment on the radio works at all, does it? He tried the radio receiver. It was dead. Well, he wrote, from 7 o'clock until 8, Sing all the songs you remember. Make your own entertainment. From 8 until 9, think about Helen King. 
remember Helen. On second thought, think about Helen right now. He marked that out with his pencil. The rest of the days were set down in minute detail. He checked the medical kit. There were several packets of tablets that would keep you awake. One tablet an hour, every hour for six days. He felt quite confident. Here's mud in your evil eye, Eeyore. Tyel. He swallowed one of the stay awake tablets with a scalding mouth of black coffee. Well, with one thing and another, it was Tolstoy or Balzac, gin rummy, coffee, tablets, walking, more Tolstoy, more Balzac, more gin rummy, more solitaire. The first day passed, as did the second and the third. On the fourth day, he lay quietly in the shade of a rock, counting to a thousand by fives, then by tens, to keep his mind occupied and awake. His eyes were so tired he had to bathe them frequently in cool water. He couldn't read. He was bothered with splitting headaches. He was so exhausted he couldn't move. He was numb with medicine. He resembled a waxen dummy, stuffed with things to preserve him in a state of horrified wakefulness. His eyes were glass, his tongue a rusted pike. His fingers felt as if they were gloved in needles and fur. He followed the hand of his watch. One second less to wait, he thought. Two seconds, three seconds, four, five, ten, thirty seconds. A whole minute. Now an hour less time to wait. Oh, ship, hurry on thy appointed round. He began to laugh softly. What would happen if he just gave up, drifted into sleep? Sleep, ah, sleep. Perchance to dream, all the world a stage. What if he gave up the unequal struggle and lapsed down? <sighs> the high, shrill, warning sound of battle metal. He shivered. His tongue moved in his dry, furry mouth. Eeyore and Tyel would battle out their ancient battle. Leonard Sale would become quite insane. And whichever won the battle would take this ruin of an insane man, this shaking, laughing, wild body, and wander it across the face of this world for ten, twenty years, occupying it, striding in it, pompous, holding court, making grand gestures, ordering heads severed, calling on inward, unseen, dancing girls. Leonard Sale, what remained of him, would be led off to some hidden cave, there to be infested with wars and worms of wars for twenty insane years, occupied and prostituted by old and outlandish thoughts. When the rescue ship arrived, it would find nothing. Sale would be hidden somewhere by a triumphant army in his head, hidden in some cleft of rock, placed there like a nest for Eeyore to lie upon in evil occupation. The thought of it almost broke him in half. Twenty years of insanity, twenty years of torture, doing what you don't want to do. Twenty years of wars raging and being split apart. Twenty years of nausea and trembling. 
His head sank down between his knees. His eyes snapped and cracked and made soft noises. His eardrum popped tiredly. Sang soft sea voices. I'll, I'll make a proposition with you. Listen, thought Leonard Sale. You, Eeyore. You too, Tyel. Eeyore, you could occupy me on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Tyel, you can take me over on Sundays, Tuesdays, and Saturdays. Thursday is maid's night out. Okay? Eee. Sing the sea tides, seething in his brain. <sighs> Sing the distant voices softly. Soft. What'll you say it is? A bargain? Eeyore? Tael? No. Said a voice. No. no. Said another. Greedy. Both of you. Greedy. Complained Sale. A pox on both your houses. He slept. He was Eeyore. Jeweled rings on his hands. He arose beside his rocket and held out his fingers, commanding blind armies. He was Eeyore. Ancient ruler of jeweled warriors. He was Tael, lover of women, killer of dogs. With some hidden bit of awareness, his hand crept to the holster at his hip. The sleeping hand withdrew the gun there. The hand lifted, the gun pointed. The armies of Tael and Eeyore gave battle. The gun exploded. The bullet tore across Sale's forehead, awakening him. He stayed awake for another six hours, getting over his latest siege. He knew it to be hopeless now. He washed and bandaged the wound he had given himself. He wished he had aimed straighter, and it was all over. He watched the sky. Two more days. Two more. Come on, ship, come on. He was heavy with sleeplessness. No use. At the end of six hours, he was raving badly. He took the gun up and put it down and took it up again and put it against his head, tightened his hand on the trigger, changed his mind, looked at the sky again. Night settled. He tried to read, threw the book away. He tore it up and burned it just to have something to do. So tired. In another hour, he decided, if nothing happens, I'll kill myself. This is for certain now. I'll do it this time. He got the gun ready and laid it on the ground next to himself. He was very calm now, though tired. It would be done and over. He would be dead. He watched the minute hand of his watch. One minute, five minutes, 25 minutes. The flame appeared on the sky. It was so unbelievable, he started to cry. A rocket, he said, standing up. A rocket, he cried, rubbing his eyes. He ran forward. 
The flame brightened, grew, came down. He waved frantically, running forward, leaving his gun, his supplies, everything behind. You see that, Eeyore? Tyel? You savages? You monsters? I beat you. I won. They're coming to rescue me now. I've won, damn you. He laughed harshly at the rocks and the sky and the backs of his hands. The rocket landed. Leonard Sale stood, swaying, waiting for the door lid to open. Goodbye, Eeyore. Goodbye, Tyel, he shouted in triumph, grinning, eyes hot. <sighs> Sing a diminishing roar in time. <sighs> Voices faded. The rocket flipped wide its airlock. Two men jumped out. Sale, they called. Warship ACD N13 intercepted your SOS and decided to pick you up ourselves. The Marsport ship won't get through until day after tomorrow. We want a spot of rest ourselves. Thought it'd be good to spend the night here. Pick you up and go on. No, said Sale face melting with terror. No spend the night. He couldn't talk. He fell to the ground. Quick, said a voice in the bleary vortex above him. Give him a shot of food liquid, another of sedative. He needs sustenance and rest. No rest, screamed Sale. Delirious, said one man softly. No sleep, screamed Sale. There, 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 said the man gently. A needle poked into Sale's arm. Sale thrashed. No sleep. Go, he mouthed horribly. Oh, go. Delirious, said one man. Shock. No sedative screamed Sale. The sedative flowed into him. <sighs> sang the ancient winds. <sighs> sang the ancient seas. No sedative. No, please, please, don't, 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 screamed Sale, trying to get up. You don't understand. Take it easy, old man. You're safe among us now. Nothing to worry about, said the rescuer above him. Leonard Sale slept. The two men stood over him. As they watched, Sale's features changed violently. He groaned and cried and snarled in his sleep. His face was riven with emotion. It was the face of a saint. A sinner, a fiend, a monster, a darkness, a light, one, many, an army, a vacuum, all, all. He writhed in his sleep. <sighs> the sound burst from his mouth. <sighs> he screamed. What's 
wrong with him? Asked one of the two rescuers. I don't know. More sedative? Yes, more sedative. Nerves. He needs more sleep. They stuck the needle in his arm. Sail writhed and spat and moaned. Then, suddenly, he was dead. He lay there, the two men over him. What a shame, said one of them. Can you figure that? Shock, poor guy. What a pity. They covered his face. Did you ever see a face like that? Totally insane. Loneliness. Shock. Yes. Lord, what an expression. I hope never to see a face like that again. What a shame waiting for us. And we arrive, and he dies anyway. They glance around. What shall we do? Shall we spend the night? Yes, it's good to be out of the ship. We'll bury him first, of course. Naturally. And spend the night in the open, with good air, right? Good to be in the open air again, after two weeks in that damn ship. Right. I'll find a spot for him. You start supper, eh? Done. Should be good sleeping tonight. Fine, fine. They made a grave and said a word over it. They drank their evening coffee silently. They smelled the sweet air of the planet and looked at the lovely sky and the bright, beautiful stars. What a night, they said, lying down. Pleasant dreams, said one, rolling over, and the other replied, Pleasant dreams. They slept. Who likes dark stories? People who have experienced a touch of the dark side. People who are a little wiser to the world. People who like their bones chilled and their spines tingled. People like you and me. It's hard to find a story these days that write on the dark side with a touch of whimsy, humor, and heart. Mav Sky spreads her dark wings and solves this problem for you. Head on over to Amazon and type Mav Sky's name into the search engine. M-A-V-S-K-Y-E. At Amazon, you'll find her Tales to Chill Your Bones series, Girl Clown Hatchet series, Supergirl series, her cult classic novel, Wanted Single Rails, and of course, her brand new release, Cold Hangs the Midnight. Choose your dark flavor and head on over to Amazon today.